welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders, one conversation at a time. We'll hear from different business leaders about how they've found success in cultivating their professional networks and keeping them healthy and strong. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another edition of Enterprising. I am particularly excited about today's guest. I'm a big fangirl of Carol Espinoza, the founder of Freedom Interiors, who is here to tell us not only about her amazing company, but really about her relationship building and how relationships have helped her and her company to be successful. So, hola, Carol, tudo bem? And I have to tell you that uh, I say that in Portuguese after studying Portuguese on Duolingo for the last 1,592 days. I can tell you I can't understand a lot, but I, I can understand more than I can say. So we'll see how that goes, but welcome. Uh, obrigada. Uh, it, it is a pleasure to be here with you. So happy to have you. Tell our listeners before we dive into our conversation a little bit about Freedom Interiors, what the company is, and why you started it. Absolutely. So at Freedom Interiors, our goal is to bring our customers' vision to reality through workplace design. So we do our best to understand what somebody's vision is to create either a learning space or a workspace. And then we use our tools and technology in multiple furniture lines to create an environment that will uh, achieve whatever goal it is that they want their space to achieve. And I started the company about 10 years ago, mostly because I wanted, I like a challenge. I like being outside of my comfort zone and I was eager to build something and I love processes and I just wanted to uh, see how far I could go and what I could do. And the truth is the company grew beyond my wildest dreams. Isn't that the way it's supposed to go? I just love that. I just love that. And you know, it's interesting. You say that, you know, it grew beyond your dreams, but I suspect that not only did you earn this, but you worked really hard to get where you and where the company have gotten. So, so congratulations to you. I want to dive into our conversation. And one of the things that I was so excited to, to read about and to learn about you is just your bent toward process improvement. And that that was really one of the motivators for you to get started with the company. So as you think about the ways that you've taken action to, to engage in process improvement, I want to think about that, if you would, from a networking perspective perspective. How have you put this into action? And I'm particularly interested in how you actively manage your own network, your own relationship base. And it is so funny that you say that because the truth is that I'm actually kind of scared of networking. Okay, I'm terrified of networking. <laughs> I am an introvert. Um, I think I'm a little socially awkward at times. And I thrive at the one-on-one -on -one connections. I'm a relator. But if you put me in a group of people, I, I always feel a little bit awkward, never quite know how to connect to people and, and how to do small talk. So I really did take a process approach to it. And I went out to educate myself. And I actually I made lists of events that I would go to in organizations and people and try to dial it in to figure out what works and what doesn't work and where I should be spending my time because as a business, well, as a person in general, right? Our time is limited. The number of hours that we have in a day are finite, whether we like it or not. 
and I had to figure out what was the best value for my time and where I could actually add the best value to the people that I was around as well. That makes so much sense. And, and, you know, it's so funny. I hear you say that you're an introvert. And what I think is that I think introverts make the best networkers because I suspect that if tested, you're an amazing listener and that that one-on-one experience, I love how you said you're a relator and that that's really what drives your networking interactions. Interestingly for me, I'm not a huge fan of the networking event and I'm the networking girl. Like I I would not say I'm an introvert. I would say I'm an extrovert. And yet, just as you described, that idea of connecting with somebody one-on-one in a more intimate setting is so much more appealing to me than some big cocktail party. Uh, to me as well. And usually the questions that I gravitate towards instead of being, hey, what do you do? How long have you been in business? What makes you happy? And people are a little uh, caught off guard when you get some like vague question like that, because I really want to know what people value, what people care about and how we can find common ground to actually create a meaningful relationship. If we end up doing business together, of course, that's a great bonus. Right. But people are different. People care about different things. And it's always fun to figure out what we all have in common, even when we're such different people. Oh, yeah. And, well, and I suspect a little bit of that it might be the Brazilian in you, right? So I know that in 2011, you became a very proud American citizen, but grew. you, you were born and raised in Rio. Do you have anything in mind related to that? Do you think that maybe there's um, sort of a, a different mentality when it comes to relationship building or interactions in that way from a, both a kind of an American or domestic perspective as well as an international perspective? And there's definitely a cultural difference when it comes to being in a social setting. So as a born and raised Brazilian, I'm a hugger. Um, I, I kiss people on the cheeks twice when you meet people. And when I arrived here, people would look at me like, what are you doing? You're invading my bubble. That's my personal space. And I was just so used to hugging everybody and kissing everybody. So I really had to dial it in myself once I became a business owner. But I still hug people. But but now at least I know, especially after COVID, I, I always give people a heads up. I'm a hugger. Is it okay to hug? And he, you know, you can tell based on body language. Absolutely. People are, are very open, very touchy, uh, very warm. Now, Americans are warm as well. But but I believe in, and I've never actually had a career in Brazil. I came here. I was still a teenager, and I was going to school. But it just feels very differently. And and I had to learn how to navigate that, but still let it come through because it is part of who I am. Sure. And I don't want to be somebody else in uh, any setting, right? But one of my goals in life is to just be myself, whatever it is that I do. Even if it makes me queen of awkward at times, I'm I'm okay with that. I love it. How to not make people uncomfortable. 100%. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you say, especially during the time of COVID, you had to sort of recognize, you could tell by people's body language that they were not, they were not welcoming that you coming in for the hug. You know, I, I too am a hugger, I have to admit. And it's funny, maybe I can count on, you know, one and a half hands, the number of times people have been like, whoa, back off sister. (laughs) But, but, um, but definitely during COVID. In fact, last week, I, I, I sort of forgot myself and I went in for a hug and actually the person said, I have to tell you, that's the first hug I've received in a long time, but I liked it. And so I appreciated that. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
I was worried. I had to apologize. Oh, no, I liked it. So that was good. But I totally agree with what you said. I do think that there are some cultural differences. And having spent time internationally myself, you can't, I mean, like the kisses on both cheeks, definitely a cultural difference. Or, you know, in in the United States, we'll see what things are like after we kind of evolve out of COVID, but just the the handshake or the fist bump, um, much more American than than international. So yeah, you're absolutely right. The handshake, and in the day and age, even with a handshake, you're better off asking your we good to do a handshake. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I want to ask you a little bit, kind of this notion of making relationships meaningful from both both sides. What are some ways that you make connections mutually beneficial? So I know that for you, travel and outdoor activities are among your passions. How have these interactions or these interests factored into your ability to grow your relationship base so that there really is mutual benefit for all parties? Yes, so I think my deep interest to get to know people in depth really helps there. And I I am a good listener. Um, My husband always says I'm a much better listener than I am a talker. Sometimes he wishes I'd talk a little bit more. I love listening. I love, I'm a learner as well. I love learning. That comes through in conversation. And I'm always trying to figure out what is the other person looking for? How, How can I make their day? How can I make them happy. And if I want to get to know them in depth, I get to know the best parts of them so I can then share that with the rest of my network, right? So I'm, I'm huge on referrals, but they need to be true, meaningful referrals. I would never refer somebody I don't trust. I would never refer somebody I don't know. So I always take that extra step to really get to know them and figure out, you know, if I'm putting my name out there and saying, you should talk to so-and-so, whomever that is, then I want to make sure that it's coming from an authentic place and I'm not just saying something for saying it. Well, I love that. I mean, it's that's really what you're talking about is making it not transactional, that it really is you're coming from an authentic, a genuine interest in getting to know somebody and getting to know them as a person. And then, and then maybe down the road, there is a transaction to be had, right? I mean, you know, Love doesn't pay the bills, as they say. So it's nice to get to know people, but it's better to do business with people who you know, like, and trust and, and that you have an actual relationship with. That's exactly right. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that transactional. So when I walk into a networking event, and I have been to hundreds of networking events by myself where I didn't know anybody, and it's such an uncomfortable feeling. And the fact that, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to five people, but I don't want those exchanges to feel transactional or to be transactional. I actually want some sort of a meaningful, I want to leave knowing that I know more about the people that I just met than I I knew before, instead of just showing up for the sake of showing up just to say that, that I was there. Yeah. That's really nice. That's really nice. Can you talk maybe about a specific interaction that you've had with somebody? Maybe maybe some kind of interaction that resulted in a breakthrough for you personally or professionally? Actually, I, I can talk about both. I have two. One, uh, that's a personal connection. And one, that's a, uh, it was a, a game changer for the business itself. So on a personal level, back in 2019, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor called an acoustic neuroma. And I started doing research to figure out how I, I wanted to handle it. It was not life-threatening. Well, it could have become life-threatening, but it was benign. And I had to figure out a, a treatment path. So I started doing research and reading about it and uh, getting involved with organizations. And I learned about Shauna Aramik. 
She is the executive director at Cerner Charitable Foundation. And uh, I reached out to my network for a connection with her because just a few months before I was diagnosed, she had the same tumor and she had surgery to remove the tumor. So it, it just so happens that Erin Falk well, it is a part of our shared network and Erin had just interviewed her for her podcast. So I reached out, Erin introduced us and uh, Shauna and I started exchanging emails and we we're trying to figure out a time to connect, but we couldn't quite figure it out. So in the meantime, I had an event at Sporting Kansas City and again, I was tired I didn't want to go and even though it was like a sporting event and I love soccer I love sporting and I I had to convince myself you know go show up it's going to be okay so so we went and I didn't know anybody there and halfway through the game this woman just comes over touches me in the arm and she looks me right in the eye and she says I'm I'm, I'm Shauna and I, I saw your name because she had arrived before me and she was, uh, that's a trick that I learned when networking. She told me that she scanned all of the names on all of the name tags to see who was also coming. And she recognized my name. And we had not met in person. We had not talked on the phone. It was just email exchanges. And, and I can still feel it because I was so scared and I was going to have surgery and I wanted to learn. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, I just want you to know that you will be fine. And I didn't even know what to say. And she just hugged me and I hugged her and we just hugged for a while. And at that moment, I, I knew I was going to be okay. And my husband is there holding my hand and, and he's like flabbergasted. He doesn't even know what to say because he knows who she is. We have been talking about it. And it touched me so deeply and I was so grateful that I actually showed up, that I was there because it, it gave me a sort of internal peace and to see somebody who had gone through a challenge that I was about to go through. And let me tell you, when you know somebody's going to open up your skull and go into your brain and cut out a piece of it, just the prospect of that happening is, is pretty scary. And she had just gone through it and she was fine. And she told me I was going to be fine too. And I, I knew that it was a fact. That is an amazing story. I didn't, I didn't expect you were going to make me cry, Carol. <laughs> well, and, oh my gosh. Amazing. I had, I had tears too when it happened and it was a very meaningful uh, exchange for me. So I, I love Shauna. She's amazing. I'm always watching her from afar and seeing her successes. And, and she's one of my heroes because her strength to get through what she went through and to share that with me gave me the strength to do the same thing. That's an amazing story. I mean, what an incredible story and and bravo to both of you. Bravo to both of you. The fact that, oh my gosh, the fact that you had the presence of mind to do the research to discover someone locally who could potentially be helpful, uh, at least from an advice-giving perspective, and that there was a way to connect that you found you know, a common person, Aaron in this case, who brought you two together. And, and that on the back end, she was looking for you too. And that she did do that networking trick where she scanned in advance who was going to be there, or she looked at the gift bags to see whose names were there, and that she actively sought you out. I mean, what an amazing story. And I suspect that you will be friends forever. 
yeah, it, it was a very powerful moment for sure. So, so they're sorry I made you cry. <laughs> It was one of those moments that you, know, you just can't explain in words. You just feel it and you just go with it. And it, it was truly amazing. So there's my personal moment. And I, I also have a professional one as well. Uh, back in 2018, Enterprise Bank actually held a networking event and it was called the Grand Prix Racing. So it was go-kart racing. And I was invited. And that's when I needed uh be honest and just let everybody know I am not a good driver. I'm one of the worst drivers you've ever met. I'm okay. I've come to terms with it. I don't need to be good at everything. So I drive when necessary. I do an okay job about it. I'm safe, but but I'm definitely not a racer. And I was invited again. My, my first inclination is no, I do not want to go race go-karts. And then I thought again, I'm like, okay, we'll try something outside of my comfort zone. And hopefully nobody will, will get too annoyed at me because I'm not that good at it. So I showed up and there were about, I don't know, maybe 12 people uh, between real estate brokers and business owners. And I was the only woman. So we'll start there. But we started racing and I was going slower than everybody else. And they started kind of like honking and getting annoyed behind me. And I'm actually waving people through with my arms saying, please pass me, please pass me. And of course, I came in last and um, I, I decided not to do any more races. So I just came out <laughs> with everybody. But that event was actually when I first met Scott Havens. Oh, yes. And he is one of the most wonderful, smartest networkers I know. And that was a game changer for myself personally and for freedom because Scott and I followed up with coffee after that race. You know, if anything, I made everybody feel good because everybody was, you know, they, they all placed better than me by, <laughs> by a lie, by a lie. And and nobody got hurt as a result. I mean, it sounds like it was win, win, win. <laughs> Very safe. I had my helmet on. I was making sure that I was slowing down before the curves and all of the other guys were going like as fast as they could. But it, it was making that connection with Scott really cascaded into a lot of other events that happened in the life of the company and team members that, that joined in organizations that I in turn joined and more people that I met that, you know, Freedom would not be the same company it is today were it not for me making a decision to go 100% outside of my comfort zone and do something that I, I'm still not comfortable with, by the way. Well, and of course, I love that it was an enterprise bank networking event. So, hooray. Very well. <laughs> That's great. Well, and you know, what's interesting is, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of people that I know who are just phenomenal networkers, what I would also characterize as master networkers. So, Scott, Aaron, I, you know, I think that... um what I have discovered over the years is that once you sort of figure out the type of network that you want, the type of networkers that you want to surround yourself with, it becomes much easier. So even as you describe yourself as sort of a self-proclaimed introvert, who I think is really a phenomenal networker, that there is a way forward because of the kinds of people that you've chosen to surround yourself with. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then yeah. you start to 
meet people and then you know that somebody you know will be there as well, which also makes it easier to, you know, take that first step. Yeah, that's exactly right. I want to ask you, you know, there's been a lot of uh, really amazing, wonderful buzz about Freedom Interiors, you know, over the last year in particular. One of the things that I, I know is that the company won a very nice size contract from Kansas City International Airport as that airport gets revamped entirely. Uh, yes. That I know that Freedom is, is playing a very active role in terms of the interior design and furniture placement at the airport. I also know maybe on the flip side, a, a less exciting news story is that the company was held for a ransom. So you were hacked by a ransomware attack. And it seems to me that in both cases, networking actually played a role for in the first case and ultimately helping you to land a contract and then secondarily helping you out of a crisis. Can you talk a little bit about those two situations and how networking played a factor? Yeah, absolutely. So with the airport contracts, uh, and we're super honored and super excited to be a part of that project. Being a Kansas City girl, I am so proud to represent and having started a business from scratch, uh, a woman-owned and minority-owned business, this is amazing. When I tell, when I told my family, they said, wait, so when we go visit you, when we arrive, we're going to see your work. And I'm like, yeah, everybody will see your work. I'm like, yeah. So making my parents proud is really, really cool. But that that's a little bit of a funny story because of course, as a company, we've been chasing the airport for many years since it was announced that Kansas City was going to get a new airport. And we have our business development people and our project leads and myself, we're all trying to make connections and talk to people who are involved. And we were talking to different people, even providing furniture for the trailers. But at the end of the day, that the bid for the furniture came out and we didn't know about it. Nobody told us. And the way that it got to me was through a connection, a, a woman business owner as well, who forwarded it my way and said, hey, you may want to take a look at that. They're looking for woman-owned and minority-owned businesses. And I'm like, oh, yes, finally it's here. So all of the networking that we're trying to do within the project universe didn't work. But then the networking that I've always done outside and all of my other connections, that that kind of brought it full circle. So that was a, a good moment. And again, it was uh, full-out competition, so we still had to be price competitive and provide a, a good solution, which uh, we did. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. And in the hacking incident, that's absolutely not fine. So 2020 was a tough year. It started with COVID. The moment I thought we were adjusted and we had a plan for the business and we were cutting costs and marketing and selling more and trying to figure out how to survive. The moment I thought we were okay and we had a good plan, then we got hacked and it was a very substantial amount. And networking also played a very big role in us actually being able to recover two thirds of the money. So again, thank you Enterprise and Kansas City Police Department and FBI for helping us with that. But when I first heard about the potential of what was happening, it was about five o'clock on a weekday. 
then I got uh, our banker on the phone right away. Uh, and she right away got somebody else with Enterprise on the phone. And we were on the phone for three and a half hours. I'm not kidding you. It was from five o'clock until 8.30 that night trying to leverage resources and call people and reach out to banks and talk to the police and, and try to find a path forward. And the fact that the entire banking network actually went into action so quickly was crucial in order for us to be able to recover the, the most recent payments that had been made. We still had to take a hit, unfortunately. But, you know, looking back, it, it's, it is what it is. I can't change. We, we always have a saying within freedom that is control the controllables. I cannot change the fact that it happened. What I can do is figure out how are we going to process that and which steps are we going to take to make the best out of the situation and, of course, to learn from it so it never, ever happens again. And, you know, the fact that we got through it and that 2021 is a much better year than 2020 is... For sure. Really a good sign that networking really, really helps get through potential uh, catastrophic events. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. (laughs) Well, I want to conclude with just a a couple of fun questions. Let, Let me ask you this. If you could meet one person for a networking interaction, anybody, who would it be and why? That is such a tough question. And I think today at this moment, I would have to say, well, either Ted Lasso or Jason Sudeikis, one or the other. And I've been I've been obsessed about the show and with all of the Amy Awards. It's just so exciting. I cannot tell you how many times I've watched season one on repeat. And I've read that Jason Sudeikis is just like Ted Lasso, and I want to be more like Ted Lasso. Well, and the the good news is that they're both from Kansas City, right? Exactly. And I'm I'm so (laughs) proud of that fact. He's from uh, Overland Park, actually. So his take on life is, and I, I really don't know if I'm talking about Jason Sudeikis, but I'm definitely talking about Ted Lasso. He's a real person. He has his own personal struggles and challenges, but he keeps choosing to look at the bright side of life and to share that with people and to to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So I've been absolutely obsessed with the show. So if Love. I could, Ted Lasso would be uh, the person today. That would be the guy. I love it. I love it. Okay. And then I'm always looking for good books and good reading material. What's on your nightstand currently? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's going to sound like it's staged. It's not. Your book is on my nightstand. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, go coffee, lunch, coffee. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I figured it would be a good book, especially getting ready for, again, talk about processes and research, right? I figured I should learn a little bit more about you and your take on networking. And the book has been extremely helpful and really a really good read. So well, thank you, you for that. For me. <laughs> not a plant, listeners, not a plant. So <laughs> I, I very much appreciate that. I appreciate that it really allows both of us to live our truth. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, Carol, I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much for the commitment of your time and just so generous. Um, Tell us where we can learn more about you and about Freedom Interiors. Absolutely. And thank you for having me as a guest. This is a very enjoyable conversation. If people want to learn more about Freedom and what we do, our website 
is www.freedom.net and freedom is spelled f-r-e the number three d-o-m.net so it's a little 3d hiding inside of freedom a little play with our, with our virtual reality design process and we're also on social media on instagram and facebook and we also have a 7,000 square foot showroom in Westport. And that's probably the best way to learn more about who we are and what we do is to just stop by over here and have a, a happy hour drink with us at our bar. Well, you can count on me being there, Carol. Thank you so much for your time. Listeners, thanks for tuning in for another edition of Enterprising. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions